As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. There were two blind men sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd sternly ordered them to be quiet, but they shouted even more loudly, Have mercy on us, Lord, son of David. Jesus stood still and called them, saying, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately they regained their sight and followed him. Imagine yourself in the first century and your daily life consists of not really being welcomed any, anywhere you go. Um, you're like a peanut, and the entire population has a peanut allergy. Everybody stays clear of you. In some cases, you're not even really allowed within the city. That's why Jesus runs into some people as he's leaving the cities, as he's leaving those communities. You ever notice that that's where he runs into the people begging and wishing for something? In the times of the first century, it was even written in the Old Testament not to abuse people that were visually impaired. Now, the reason that something like that is written is because something has happened. And you can bet that people did bully and pick on people that were visually impaired during this time. I just want us to imagine that. Two guys, and they're sitting on the outside of town. This is their daily life. To them, this is their purpose. They get up, probably from, from camping not too far from where they're sitting. They find their normal spot, and they sit. They hear people coming in and out of town all the time. And their only, their only means of being able to feed themselves is through a very humiliating process of begging. And the reason it's humiliating is because a lot of people uh, look down on them. It was believed during the first century that uh, many times that the blind, it was because you angered God and you were being punished. That's why people felt it was okay to pick on them. It's easy for us to, when we see somebody that has an affliction, it's easier to, to blame them for it. Then you, you don't have to worry about things like compassion. And they could hear that every day, sitting, asking for food, asking for uh, handouts, maybe even asking for forgiveness. Maybe they even believe the hype. Maybe they wondered, what, what did we do? What did I do that caused this? Blindness was caused uh, back then very much like it is now. Uh, there were, uh, some people were blind at birth. Some people developed uh, degenerative uh, diseases. There was glaucoma. There was all kinds of things. I mean, the same things. Uh, it was very um, uh, untreatable. Every once in a while, if there, it was, there was like a cyst or something like that, people could work on that. But other than that, there was not much they could do for you. 
And not only were you then unable to really function, um, I can tell you that there's a lot of places in today's world that are not accessible to people with various disabilities. In the first century, whew, there certainly weren't. Your job, your existence, was sitting on the outskirts of town trying to get enough to feed yourself. And you could hear people walking by, and you could hear the prejudiceness. You could hear the blame. You could hear people saying, look what they've done. Look what they've done to themselves. You could hear parents moving their kids to one side so that they're not that close to them. You, you, could, you could sense the avoidance of people that are walking by. All because of, of who you are. All because of your very existence, people hate you. You, you experience, not visually, but every other emotion, every other feeling, every other sense you feel a prejudiceness against you. You are reminded every day just by the very nature that you are positioning yourself outside of the community, you are reminded every day that you are an outcast. And every day you ask yourself, why? Why am I, why am I not loved? I imagine, you know, this story has two people. I imagine in some way they, they, they befriended each other. Maybe they didn't know each other beforehand. Maybe they actually met right there as they continued to beg. Maybe they found support for one another. Maybe there were times when one of them wanted to give up and just uh, cash it in. And the other one would say, no, we're friends. The world may be against you, but I'm here for you. Maybe there were even moments of happiness and joy, times when they would joke around with each other. Maybe they talked about how they became visually impaired. Some they had it at birth, some it was later. Maybe one of them had never seen before and the other one had. And maybe they both asked themselves, is it really because God's mad at us? That I'm this way? You know, in some cases, when you talk about the blame, the people on the outside will tell you that it was their choice. They're choosing to be this way. And if they would just change their ways, God would forgive, and they'd be welcomed back into society. It's amazing how many times we find excuses to hate another person, or to disrespect them, or to think of them as lower class. Visually impaired people back then, it was very easy to do that because you had a mark. You had, there were stories in the Bible where uh, people were blinded. Uh, 
You had excuses. It says right there that, you know, God was mad at this person and, and blinded him. So the fact that you're blind means that God doesn't like you either. You're not getting my money. You're not getting anything from me. All you got to do is change who you are. All you got to do is change who you are. They wanted to change that part of them. But they couldn't. It was who they were. It was who they were. And every day, every morning, they would get up. They would find their, their spot on the outskirts of town. They would hear the town waking up. They would hear commotion. They would hear people going on with their lives. They would hear laughter and joy and production and all things happening over there. Commerce. And they would know every day they weren't invited to be part of it. Every day, they sat on the outside of town and they asked themselves, what's my purpose? We ask, ask ourselves that often, don't we? I mean... From time to time, we look in the mirror, we look up, and we say, why, why am I here? And we start to define it by, well, I'm here because I, I have this job, or I have this family, or things like that. This is, you know, all of this kind of stuff, and this is, these are the things that make me who I am. But imagine that you are somebody that the world around you despises just because of who you are. And you ask yourself every day, What's my purpose? I can hear, I can sense people walking by. I can see people with a purpose. But I sit here and wait as people say derogatory things to me. As people tell me that I'm not invited to places of worship that tell me that I'm to blame for my affliction, that tell me that I'm not allowed into the town. They call me unclean. They call me diseased. Oh, and they call me so many other names. And we sit and wonder, why? What is my purpose? Then you start to think to yourself, you know, if I could only see, if I could, if I could have a vision, if I could see, if I could just be like other people, then, then I could get a job. I could, I could work with my hands. I could be a skilled person. I could be a skilled laborer. I could make a living. I could make money. I could be part of this community again. I could be a person again. I could be an individual. I could be successful. I could be not like the people that are sitting with me right now. I could rise above it. Then, then, then I would have a purpose. Then I would mean something to somebody. If only I had this, if only I had that, if only I could do this, if only I could join that, if only I could be a part of this, then, then I would know that I have a purpose. But until then, they just sit there and wait. But then they start to hear this 
this word about this person, this rabbi that continues to, to heal people. It's all rumor from what they've heard, but they hear it as people are walking by. They hear that this person has done miraculous things. That this person's making everybody else mad because of his, his talking about authority, but the fact that he's actually healing people. People that couldn't walk are now walking. People that couldn't see are now seeing. If only, if only they could meet this person, if only they could get that cure, then they would know what their purpose is, to be part of that society, to be part of that world, maybe to make money again, maybe, maybe to even be rich someday. As they sit there, they fantasize, they talk to each other about, you know, if, if I had that, oh man, I'd get that land over there. I'd, I'd start farming. I'd work with my hands. If only. And then they hear. They hear the commotion of somebody coming outside of the town. And they, they recognize by what they're saying. They hear that it's that guy. That guy that came from the lineage of David, who they, in the Old Testament talks about this, this, this prophet, this great being, this Messiah coming. They know it's him. And as they come, they just start yelling. Lord. Lord is something that they would call, it's, it was a common, they would call teachers and things like the Lord. Son of David. Have mercy on us. Make, us. make us count again. Make us matter. And the crowd tells them to shut up. The crowd says, he's not here for you. He's here for us. The crowd says, because of your choices, because of your lifestyle, because of who you are, you are not welcome here. They're not going to have it. They start yelling even louder. They start protesting. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. They start Standing, they say, I know you can hear us. As the crowd is telling them to shut up. This is not for you. They protest. This is for me. I have the right that you have. I may be different than you, but I, I'm a person. And I deserve this. I deserve to be heard. And they protest. The crowd thinks that Jesus is going to just say, man, these guys are obnoxious. They're part of the problem. Don't they sound volatile? But instead, Jesus looks at them and says, I know how you feel. 
I know why you're yelling. I know who you are. And he has compassion for them. When the entire crowd wanted them to shut up, Jesus stops and tells the crowd to shut up and says, I have compassion for them. Now, if you were afflicted, not only would people walk around you, but they would never, they wouldn't touch you. Sometimes it would be because they would fear that you would get, give them the, the ailment, the disease. Sometimes it was just because they thought you were scummy, dirty, and they didn't want anything to do with you. And that's when Jesus comes to them and actually touches, touches their eyes. At this time, you can almost see the crowd kind of cringing a little bit, kind of thinking, these guys are they're blind, they're smelly, they're not welcomed here, and you're actually touching them. Gosh, I hope you have hand sanitizer. But he touches them. And they can see. They have the ability to see. Jesus says, what can I give you? And they say, let us see. Now to them, when their eyes opened, what was their purpose? Finally, they, they have, they're now part of us. They can just jump right in. They can go to work. They can start working with their hands. They have vision. But you know what's funny? I think that, I think that Christ healed their, their eyes. But when it said that they could see, I think they saw more than the crowd around them. Because suddenly, their, their dreams of purpose changed. No longer were they thinking about the job. No longer were they thinking about going into the city. No longer were they thinking about being a part of the community. Their vision changed completely. The Bible says, as soon as they got their vision, they started to follow Jesus. Immediately, the first thing that they did with their sight is they followed Christ. Like I said, sometimes we look into the mirror, we look up and we ask what our purpose is in life. We ask who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. And sometimes we are, we are hindered by the way that we see ourselves, we see ourselves as different. We see ourselves as maybe someone that God is angry at. We, we feel handicapped our, ourselves in many ways. 
through insecurity, through depression, through fear of just being who we are. It wasn't the visually impaired guys that needed vision, but the crowd around them. Because the crowd could not see who they were. The crowd could not see things like compassion, welcoming spirit. The crowd could not see why Christ was there. What's our purpose? For the two guys, their purpose was to follow Christ. What's yours? Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, in many places, we are impaired. In many, in many places, we do not see. In many places, we look down on others. Help open our eyes. Help us, help us to see more. And help us to truly, truly follow you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.